This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jake E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Another schedule slip. We are doing just excellently at getting the show out in a timely fashion, aren't we? There is a writer strike on. Or if someone weren't cursed. Says the person who was so distracted they couldn't actually collate their notes. Because you're cursed. I'm cursed with your hyperfixations. Sure, that works. Anyway. Our top story this week, the standard format for the first time in years is getting updated outside of just a rotation. Standard is in pretty, well, standard since its basic inception. There have been a couple of variations over time, but for the last near decade, it's been two years worth of sets at a time. But now change is upon us. For wizards has wrought its will upon the land, and declared that there will be a new way to rule us all. A new binding, a new and dark structure is upon us. Why don't we save the Lord of the Rings references for Diz's part a little bit later on in the show? Your reference is my essential state of being. How is that even possible? You know what? Doesn't matter. Watsi has declared that Standard will no longer follow a two-year set cycle rotation, but three. Which also means this year there won't be any rotation. That's true. We were given a detailed document elucidating reasons for this. One of those reasons is Watsi's feeling that Standard is being eclipsed by a commander and needs to have modifications to ensure that it survives. I wonder if the multiple commander products per year could have anything to do with that. Who knows? It is a mystery known only to the Mana Vortex. This is actually the first step in what is a planned multi-point process to revitalize Standard. Although fan reaction, as far as I can tell, was mixed to negative. I found a lot of jokes about Fable having plot armor. I mean, it is something that people feel has somewhat broken standard right along with Invoke Despair. It also seems like someone was listening, since Aaron Forsyth said that some of these cards won't be legal in standard forever. But that leads us to a question. Is that an implication of an upcoming ban, or simply just stating the obvious that it will rotate out a year later than we expected? Good question! Next question. I've also heard a number of comments to the effect of, oh, just make it four years and call it extended. People have also been arguing, shocking, I know, that keeping things fresh is why people play Standard in the first place, rather than turning it into Pioneer Light, which gives people an even smaller list of reasons to play it. This is just casual observation, but the chatter I've seen seems to be far more against than four. It does lead us to wonder if this new standard format is going to require Watsi to take a closer look at how they handle bans. Well, you can just have everything banned with other and then standard will get completely incomprehensible. 
you're not allowed to complain about my puns anymore. Why not? I'll tell you when you're older. Anyway, Andrew Brown has stated that they do plan to move back to some form of actually scheduled ban and restricted update list. Well, there are pros and cons to that choice, depending on how willing they are to react in the moment. They don't react in the moment now. There is that. Theoretically, keeping the cards viable longer helps stores when tabletop standard play has dried up. I personally think that has more to do with arena than standard, or possibly the pandemic. If you go deep enough, everything can be blamed on the pandemic. Global warming? Nearly everything. Phyrexians? You know what? Let's move on. ISO, what's been going on lately with the competitive scene? The regional championship cycle has ended with the victory of Joshua Willis at DreamHack San Diego on a Rakdos 3 animator deck. The Legacy European Tour gave us LMS Prague, which a number of people commented had the feel of an old Grand Prix. High praise in a world where the changes to the Magic Tournament structure have often come under fire. The winner in Prague was Marcus Liked with a 5-color Elementals deck. Following this was Pro Tour March of the Machine, which ended in a finals match between Kane Reinhardt on Rakdos Reanimator and Nathan Stewart on Rakdos Midrange. Command Fests for June and July have been announced in cities all over the world. They're hosted by independent organizers, but there are a lot of them coming. WOTC has said that there will be two promo cards, which at the time of recording have yet to be revealed. Also upcoming is MagicCon Barcelona on July 20th to 30th. There will be Pro Tour qualifiers, Tales of Middle Earth tournaments, and a Gavin Verhey Unknown tournament. There will also be a Pro Tour to watch while there, using the Tales of the Middle Earth series as its format. Standard is being moved to a three-year rotation schedule, which should hopefully diversify the metagame and bring about new and exciting strategies. Alchemy, which no one cares about, keeps the two-year rotation. Back to you. Thanks, Iso. It's time for our first break. When we come back, we'll return to that comment I made a few episodes ago about how the Pinkertons are still around. God, why? Oh, welcome now, all you listeners. Just sit on down by your radio boxes and tune on in to Grampy Janks Story Corner. It will be coming very, very soon, and I'll just give you the briefest of summaries of what's been going on with the magic story. All you need to do is get your pop and your egg creams and you can just listen on as Grampy tells you all about Phyrexia and the fall of Phyrexia which wasn't as bad as the winter of Phyrexia where I had to walk uphill both ways to get to the next level of Mirrodin or Nil Phyrexia as it's called nowadays but in those days it was called Welcome back! Kit, I don't want to ask this question, but I would not be doing my job as a reporter if I didn't. Why is it relevant that the Pinkertons are still a presence on this Earth? Well, Watsy hired them to go after a YouTuber. I've seen this episode of The Twilight Zone. I am much prettier than Rod Serling. Dan Cannon, who goes by Old School MTG on YouTube, 
ordered some magic product and accidentally got shipped some embargoed March of the Machine Aftermath boosters before they'd been previewed. He opened them on his channel, revealing a good bit of the set. Which, for reference, isn't that great. Oh, it's definitely not, but that doesn't justify calling out the Pinkertons. Cannon described them to Gizmodo as having come on deliberately intimidating and forcing themselves into his house, as well as threatening him with lawsuits and legal fees if he didn't return the stolen property. I was unaware that having product accidentally shipped to you is apparently theft, but good to know. Well, they are Pinkertons. It is, however, worth noting that Wizards has claimed that they attempted to reach out to Old School MTG numerous times with no response before they sent out the Pinkertons, but they still sent out the Pinkertons. This isn't even the first time Watsi's hired Pinkertons. There's also the uh, incident of the legendary Ixalan uncut foil sheet from 2017. And there are apparently rumors of other times they've hired them, for which no one wants to speak on the record. I had actually forgotten about the Ixalan sheet and did not know the Pinkertons were there, so that's a much unfun fact. But, you know, at least they haven't hired them for union busting, right? Please say that's right. That would have been a bit on the nose, wouldn't it? Yeah, even for Watsi, I guess it would have been. The thing is, the game overall is strong. Sales are up. The first quarter earnings call showed Watsi at a 16% revenue increase. So there's no need to put this kind of force into something like this. Therefore, they should stop and think before they make stupid decisions. I don't think that's how that works, especially when it seems like they're the ones who prop up Hasbro as a company. Watsi's flagship tabletop brands were the only two things in the entire Hasbro structure that increased earnings. Of course, they're all still making money, just less money than they made last quarter. At some point, someone's going to have to explain to capitalism that infinite growth isn't a thing. I'm, I'm not sure that you can get capitalism to listen quite that easily. Certainly it's a stubborn beastie. Strong enough to resist getting sucked into the mana vortex, and don't think the mana vortex hasn't tried. You, Kit, I wouldn't have to ask this with anyone else, but with you I feel compelled. You're aware capitalism is more of a philosophy or concept than an actual entity, right? Everything is an entity if it tries hard and believes in itself. Speaking of belief, I believe it's time to head over to Diz to hear about mechanics for upcoming sets, fancy schmancy secret layers, and more. There's a lot going on in the world of cards this week. A new commander secret layer called From Cute to Brute. It's a full hundred card commander deck with five foil double face cards featuring colorful, almost Lisa Frank-esque palettes on the front face and vicious gritty art on the back. I must say, Nico Bolas the Ravager, done in cute pastels, is a very strange sight. The front face artwork is by Nanachi, and back face is by God Machine. Also upcoming is Wilds of Eldraine, our first set after the Firation Evasion. Although so far we don't know much about it beyond that it will release on September 8th, the announcement did say we'll be getting more information on July 28th. We've also had a reveal of some more cards in Commander Masters. There will be four commander decks, each featuring ten new to magic cards. There will be reprints of both Personal Tutor and Savella Heart of Wilds. We have received to tease the new mechanics from Tales of Middle-Earth. There's a new card designation, Ring Bearer, which interacts with an emblem called the Ring. You get the Ring the first time a card tells you that the Ring tempts you, at which point you choose a creature to be your Ring Bearer. 
This can change and other cards can refer to your ring bearer. We look forward to seeing how that plays out. Take it away. Thank you, Diz. While we're on the subject of Universes Beyond, the next one has been announced, and to discuss, let's do a fun game, Kit. Knock, knock. What have I told you about puns? And now you're trying to involve me in them. This is a perfectly harmless knock-knock joke. You could play along one time. I can make finger guns when I wait for you to get the joke. You wouldn't turn into an owl or anything if you actually played along. Was that something I should be concerned about? You know, Doctor Who? Owls make the sound. Who? The next Doctor is going to be an owl? I think I saw this musical. Or was that a goat? It, yeah, I think maybe that one was a goat. Kit, the next secret lair is going to be Doctor Who. I mean, of all the properties that really work with the multiverse concept, that's probably one of the biggest. They could also do one with sliders. Did anyone actually watch sliders? I mean, it had a five season run, so presumably someone who isn't my wife did. All we've got so far on the Doctor Who set is some pretty awesome art. I'm particularly partial to the painting of Ten and the stained glass looking one of Thirteen. And that there will be four commander decks. And plane chase! Kit, have you ever actually played plane chase? No, and it's sad. I want to play plane chase. I mean, you'll get a chance to get some planar cards if you purchase the set. Doctor Who themed ones, even. Yeah, but then I need someone to play it with. This set is also going to have collector boosters for the first time in a commander set. See previously mentioned complaints about capitalism. It is, in fact, a force amongst our society. Really, the whole episode could be a story about capitalism. The standard rules change leading into the earnings call leads into this. And universes beyond in general, really, is capitalism. Everything is capitalism! I, I don't think a podcast full of white people talking about capitalism is something that the world needs another of right now. But, back to the secret lair, the first look for this one will happen on July 28th. That takes us right... <clears throat> the first look for the time travel themed set will be on July 28th. And speaking of time, it is time for our next break. When we come back... A quick housekeeping note from Wizards, and a return guest on an all-new News Brews. Greetings, minions. Have you found yourself stressed lately? Perhaps over failed plans, life not working out quite the way you expected it to, no matter how many millennia of planning you put into Perhaps a sibling rivalry gotten maybe a touch out of hand. And now you find yourself with too much time and too many thoughts. Well, for just $29.99, you can get the Middle Oldest Meditation Tapes straight from the namesake realm to help guide you to calmness, better decision, and the best vengeance planning you will ever get. Nicholas's meditation system. Buy it for your peace of mind. 
And we're back! Quick housekeeping note. During the production of the Secret Lair Artist series Elena Danner Drop, an in-progress version of the art rather than the final art was used for Seraph Sanctuary. Watsi has said they will be including a corrected version of the card as the secret bonus card in some sort of future Secret Lair product. Which hardly seems fair, really. Buy another product to get this one? Even if they did give her a bunch of copies of the corrected card to hand out at cons and stuff. It is worth noting that Watsi said they worked with the artist on this solution for the problem. I know, but really. And do we even believe them about that? They didn't send the Pinkertons after her. And now it's time for news brews. This episode, we have Chain of Commander. This edition of News Brews, I have with me the one and only, the incomparable Chain of Commander. Uh, Chainzy, how you doing? I'm doing okay. This is your uh, second trip into the brewery, but uh, why don't you, it's been a while since you've been here, so why don't you give our listeners a quick uh, reminder of who you are? You know, I would remind you who I am if I knew who I am. Uh, I am Chain. Well, the, 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 this is the parts I've managed to figure out. I am Chain of Chain of Commander, uh, an ex-YouTube channel that uh, now pretty much primarily exists entirely in the Twitter sphere about uh, EDH and mental health causes and where they intersect quite a bit. Um, I partake in several fundraisers and events and other people streams throughout the year for mental health and LGBTQ plus a um, causes. I, I also consider myself a master deck brewer, despite other people potentially not agreeing with me, but they're wrong. So I'm yeah, here to would, spread the good news that? of my deck building abilities. That's... People who are like, oh, if you don't play Soul Ring, you're wrong. Well, you get out of here. I don't play Soul Ring. Speaking of which... Uh, which commander did you bring to discuss this episode? All right. Well, last time I was here, I brought Tyam, a plus one, plus one counter reanimating commander. Uh, this time I figured I'd go in a completely different direction. And this time I brought Gimbal. Uh, Gimbal is one of the new face commanders from the, um, the, um, whatchamacallit? March of the, the Machine? Uh, Mother March of the Machine commander decks. And, um, it's, a uh, yep, 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 uh, it's, a uh, Gimbal Gremlin Prodigy, two green, blue, red for a legendary creature, a Goblin Artificer. It's a 4-4, uh, artifact creatures you control have Trample. At the beginning of your end step, create a 0-0 red Gremlin Artifact Creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of differently named artifact tokens you control. Um... Fun story behind this deck is that this is actually a deck that I had designed a while ago because none of the teamer commanders available at the time really spoke to me in any way, shape, or form. They were all primarily right. landfall, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Calyx being a, a spell copying one, and neither of those synergies really or those strategies really spoke to me. So I actually designed this kind of uh, it was a fake deck that used three partner commanders in uh, cool. Togo. Iktik and uh, Glacial, uh, the, the three from uh, Commander Legends, uh, to just kind of like make some sort of cool artifact conglomeration that was just designed around making a bunch of different artifact tokens. And then right. 
Gimbal came out, and I'm looking at this, and it's like, wow, this is everything that deck would want in a commander. <laughs> and I already pretty much have that deck built or designed online, just waiting for the right commander. So now I was very excited when I first saw that. I uh, pretty much had the, the deck list. mostly drafted up or designed in my way. Uh, but yeah, I had like 60 to 70 cards spoken for for the list already. I just finally took the time to fill out the rest. And I had all 99 of this list done before the full deck list was spoiled. Uh, the full deck list got spoiled. There was an amount of overlap. I think like 25 to 30 cards from my final build ended up being in the pre-con as well. Uh, but they were like very obvious cards to include. So it's not like, ah, I'm such a plain average deck builder. It's just like, no, these are very core synergistic pieces to such a strategy. So yeah, that's how this deck came to be. Uh, I've played it a handful of times since, and it's been doing some a lot of really cool things. There's been a lot of odd, unexpected synergies to pop up in this deck that uh, I didn't even plan for. It's just like, oh, these two cards work incredibly well together. So yeah, it, I've I've been having a lot of fun with this deck so far. All right, well, let's dive right on in. So, what would you say is the uh, meat and potatoes of the deck? Like, what's the what's the core plan that you have that you that you I, I need these things to occur in this deck. Yep. Uh, pretty much we want artifact tokens. And like Gimbal would say, it benefits to have multiple different types of artifact tokens. Um, a lot of builds of this deck that I've seen make so far online, uh, people are trying to design it by making as many different name tokens as humanly possible. I did not go that route. I went with a core set of tokens with the uh -huh. occasional off chance a different token might get made. I don't need to have like 10-10 or 12-12 level gremlin artifact creature tokens at the end of my turn. I'm perfectly fine with maybe a 2-2 or a 3-3 or a 4-4. Four -four. Uh, so the big three, uh, and this is these are kind of the ones that Wizards has been pushing uh, for a while here, would be food, clues, and uh, the treasure tokens. So those three were obviously instant inclusions in this. Uh, but then we also have things like uh, Zvala Ice Shaper can make the Icy Manolith tokens. Uh, we have Curse of Opulence that produces gold tokens. Uh, Karn Living Legacy produces the Power Stone tokens. So there's a, other, a couple other ones that, uh, like one-offs, that can make different types of tokens that just play very well together with the rest of the deck. So a lot of token generation here. Uh, Gilded Goose can turn those food tokens into uh, mana, or it can make additional food tokens when we need to. Uh, we got Academy Manufacturer, which can turn any individual creation of one of those three tokens into one of each of those tokens. So we're making a lot, a lot of tokens here. And then there's going to be a couple payoffs to having these tokens beyond just Gimbal. But there's another sub-theme to this deck. Uh, these would be the potatoes of the meat and potatoes, if you would. Of course. And that's energy. Um, energy was a very parasitic mechanic. God, yes. Uh, so in Kaladesh, they released energy, and the only thing that interacted with energy were cards that had anything to do with energy, which, believe it or not, was only restricted to that plane so far. So the energy pool in cards is very thin, and the payoffs are even thinner. Mm -hmm. That said... Um, it fits very well into this deck. Uh, there's kind of a landfall theme to help produce the different tokens that also can help produce the energy. And energy interacts with artifacts quite nicely, too, because I have all three of the modules in there. Decoction, Fabrication, and Animation module, which kind of like create this Rube Goldberg-style effect when all three are out, that when a 
creature enters the battlefield, it'll trigger, give you an energy. When you get an energy, you can pay to put a 1-1 counter on something. When you get a 1-1 counter on something, you can pay to create a servo token, and you can just continue that loop for as much mana as you have, and you end up getting a lot of energy out of it. So over the course of the game, you can develop quite an impressively large amount of energy, and then the payoffs I have to it, because there's no real like insanely good game-winning payoffs to energy quite yet, I have things like uh, Aetherworks Marvel to just start getting free casts off the top of my deck. So, yep, uh, pretty much the course of the game. Uh, your first phase is ramping. Your second phase is going to be producing as many artifact tokens and energy counters on yourself as you can. And then you start moving to the late game, which would be more of a dessert kind of question. So we can right. save that one for that question. All right. But, well, yeah, the meat and potatoes are... You want the meat will be the artifact tokens and the potatoes will be energy. All right. Well, uh, before we have our dessert, we have to we have to have our veggies because, you know, we have to have a balanced meal. We have we we here at WNXS News believe in a full mm-hmm. balanced diet of tomfoolery within our deck buildings. So what would you say the veggies of this deck are your your keys you can't have your iron deficiency? Oh, no. Got to have got to have the spinach veggies. This is where I tried to get a little bit more uh, creative. I tried to get a little bit more creative with uh, the vegetables in the stack. And uh, when it comes to things like ramp, uh, ramp is pretty much it's set in stone in commander. At this point, you have your core set of ramp cards. So ramping growth, three visits, nature's lore, far seek, things that can let me fix and ramp all in one card. Go get one of the triumphs or something. Are, those are pretty much like obvious inclusions in this deck. For sure, yeah. Uh, but then I also included a couple of not, not maybe not the most popular veggies, but some still pretty popular ones. I have uh, Growth Spiral in here, so the one that lets <laughs> you draw an additional card and play an additional land at instant speed. And then I have the full chain of that particular type of effect. So I have the two mana one, I have the four mana one Eureka Moment, I got the five mana one Urban Evolution. And uh, similar to Urban Evolution, you also have Escape the Wilds, which kind of operates in a very similar extent. Right. Um, So those together, they help fulfill your card draw and maybe your extra land drops to be able to get through uh, the early game to set yourself up. Support the energy counters. Uh, I have both Shiny Impetus and Curse of Opulence to turn early game combat into some more additional ramp and different named artifact tokens to use later. And then I have a couple of the Sahili rays here, um, not necessarily made to be removal or anything, but more to be vegetables, like you said. Uh, the original Sahili ray, the one that the uptick lets you scry, uh, one and then does one damage to each opponent, helps set up your draws. Uh, occasionally, you might do the minus two to create a copy of something, but really, it's just beneficial, repeatable scry to help set yourself up. And then the newer one, Sahili filigree master whose uptick is also Descry 1, but then you can tap an untapped artifact to control. Mm-hmm. And if you do so, you can draw a card. So that's just some additional card draw through that portion of the game as well. And then the last core piece of veggies that you need is removal for all your opponent stuff. And getting on a theme removal... Actually, no, no I'm going to say one thing. You can edit that out. We will talk about one thing before we get to removal. Uh, the very spicy <laughs> card. This card is one that I absolutely love. It's going to be Guided Passage. Uh, Guided Passage is a sorcery. It's green, blue, red. It's reveal the cards in your library. All of them. You just reveal your whole library. An opponent chooses from among them a creature card, a land card, and a non-creature, non-land card. You put those cards into your hand, and then you shuffle your library. 
So this is a three mana draw in quotation marks three. Right. Where if you need something for the table, you can have an opponent help you dig for that tool. Or if you just want it in the early game, um, many opponents like to cast shade on you and only give you like land and ramp. But maybe right. in the early game, that's exactly what you need is land. And exactly. Ramp. So yeah, this is a fun little card. Play politics with it. Create deals. Create wheels. I, just, <laughs> I, I love this card so much. I feel like a lot of people overlook it because they're like, "Oh, your opponent's going to choose the cards." Well, yeah, but if you don't build your deck with bad cards, you only get good cards. Exactly. So, yep, yeah, that was that was the last piece of that, and then now we can move on to removal. Uh, removal for this deck was actually a little bit more difficult to figure out. Uh, mm-hmm. I already mentioned Harness Lightning earlier as a removal based off of energy counters. Right. But beyond that, there's really not too much in terms of synergistic removal. In fact, I, on the whole, this deck doesn't really run that much removal. Um, it does run a couple of board clears. And these are actually some pretty pretty cool board clears I found through research. Um, they're both relatively recent, too. We have Oversimplify which is a green, blue, and three sorcery that mm-hmm. exiles all creatures, and then each player creates a zero, zero, green, and blue fractal creature token and puts a number of 1-1 one, one counters on it equal to the total power of creatures they control that are exiled this way. So having an exile all creatures effect in team or colors alone is very uncommon. In fact, this was the only spell I could find that would mass exile outside of white. Um so that was pretty cool and a very easy inclusion into this deck because one very tall vanilla creature is significantly ad- easier to answer and manage than, say, a bunch of creatures with actual relevant abilities on them. Right. And it gets into, uh, gets around indestructibility and whatnot. And yeah. the other one is from uh, New Capenna here, uh, and that's called Structural Assault. This is three red red for a sorcery. Destroy all artifacts. Then Structural Assault deals damage to each creature equal to the number of artifacts that were put into graveyards from the battlefield this turn. So let's say you sack five treasure tokens to pay for this. It looks at those treasure tokens as well to include in that number. And just by the course of how this deck plays out, you should have a bunch of just incidental artifact tokens out there. So you should be doing several, several damage to each creature on your own. And that's not even including what your opponents have. So that is another really cool mechanically relevant board clear that was included in this deck. But yeah, outside of those two and the harness lightning, um, I also have gear per aether grid, which I think you can kind of turn it into removal. If you have enough uh, artifacts out there, you can tap two to do one damage to any target. And if you got enough artifacts, you can slowly ping either a creature or player down. Yeah. But outside of that, yeah, there's not really too much in terms of removal. Togu makes you jump through a couple lists here. And then the other one, um, I would say this is removal to an extent, even though it's not a uh, junk binder. Uh, this is five blue, blue for a five, six serpent and it has affinity for tokens. So you can cast this very easily for as cheap as blue, blue. And then whenever a token enters the battlefield under your control, you get a tap non-land permanent opponent controls and it does not untap at its next untap step. All right. And that uh, brings us directly to the spicy sweet section, the dessert that you that you foreshadowed earlier. But, uh, you know, we got to be we got to be good little brewers mm-hmm. and have the rest of our meals first. So what is the dessert here? Yes. 
Well, the dessert needs to be served some manner, right? You need to wrap it up somehow. So there needs to be some way to close out the game. It's in our interest to turn those tokens into win cons. We have a Cyper Drive Awakener, which other artifact creatures you control have flying. But when it enters the battlefield, each non-creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power 4, 4. Base power, toughness, 4, and 4. Yep. You can kind of use that in combination with one of the uh, modules. I believe it is the uh, decoction module. It lets you return target creature you control to its owner's hand. So you can bounce it, play it again next turn, bounce it, play it again next turn, and slowly chip away at people with your artifacts that way. You also have Katsumasa, the animator. Uh, this is one that you can pay two and a blue to, until end of turn, turn a non-creature artifact control into an artifact creature and it gains flying. Uh, if it's not a vehicle, it gets space, power, and toughness, 1-1. One, one. So not as big of a creature, but still, if you have enough of them, that represents a large amount of power that you can use over the course of the game and go wide. Workshop Elders, when it gives your other creatures you control, other artifact creatures you control have flying. And at the beginning of combat of your turn, you may turn a target non-creature artifact you control into a 0-0 artifact creature, and you put four plus one plus one counters on it. The nice thing about this one, even though it doesn't turn all of your artifacts into artifact creatures, this effect does not last until end of turn. That creature will, or that artifact will now perpetually be an artifact creature. But if that's going too slow for you, we got Rise and Shine. Uh, this is a one in a blue sorcery. Target non-creature mm-hmm. artifact you control becomes a zero zero artifact creature. Put four plus one plus one counters on it. Uh. And uh, it also has overload. So for four uh. blue blue, you can do that for every non-creature artifact you control all of your artifacts into four four creatures. And they stay that way. So if you have developed a bunch, unless your opponents can like get a board clear or something, over the next two or three turns, you should be able to close out the game with combat damage. So that is pretty much the three phases of this deck. Ramp, card draw, and making tokens, and then yep. turning those tokens into a lethal pile of little robots. That's also very true. That takes us right up to about the end of our segment. So, uh... Where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more of your hot takes like Soul Ring is bad? Soul Ring is not bad. It's just not for me. Um, my primary location in the EDH sphere at this point will be on Twitter at chain underscore commander. Um, just follow along. I like to also post pictures of my cats. Uh, occasionally I do fire sales or giveaways just to fund my existence as an EDH player, which surprisingly isn't that cheap at times. Um, I like to keep people up to date on any changes I might be making to my decks based off of new cards from new sets. Um, just so that like, I kind of keep my thought process. Uh, so yeah, yep. just join me at chain underscore commander. If you want to subscribe to the YouTube or the, uh, to the Instagram as well, you can find those links in the link tree on that profile. But yeah, the Twitter Twitter is pretty much where I'm at this point. All right. So, yeah, find me on Twitter. Yay. All right. Well, thank you again for uh, coming on the cast. No problem. Thank you for having me again. Well, that sure seems like a fun build. That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.